Hello, everybody. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, the joy of junk journals. And today's topic is to sew or not to sew, the grand question. There seems to be two schools of thought here. And I remember back when I was up before I sewed, and I use the term I sewed loosely because I'm not a very good sewer. Sewist, seamstress, person standing in front of a sewing machine and attempting to use it, person watching a lot of YouTube videos with my make and model number of sewing machine trying to figure out how to thread the bobbin, how to fix the tension. Why do I have to fix the tension? I have no idea, but apparently the tension needs to be right or everything will mess up. And it seemed very overwhelming at first. But I want you to know that if you ever decide to put on some, put on your big girl or big boy pants and decide to muscle on up and waddle over to a sewing machine, it can change your world when it comes to junk journals. Is it mandatory? Heck no. Are you going to not have as much fun? Heck no. Um, But what can it do for you? Well, let me tell you, it can open up worlds. It just can give your pages a different tactile feel, a different texture as your fingers run across the pages and run across the threads and you're oogling at your handiwork where messy can be good, messy can be the sign of a struggle, messy can show the handmade-edness of it all, if that is such a word. But there seems to be two camps. There are the sewers, and then they are the non-sewers. And I used to be part of the non-sewers, so I completely understand that perspective. I was raised thinking you had to be born with a sewing gene, or you had to be born into a family who had mothers and sisters and grandmothers that all sewed, and they all bestowed this wonderful craft unto their children, and everybody learned this skill. And not me. Nope, nope, nope. We didn't have that when I grew up, and... uh, Um, God bless my mother. She was many things. A great seamstress. Was not one of her finest uh, accolades in life. Um, She did try. We did have a sewing machine. Our sewing machine was an old antique foot pedal sewing machine. I believe she either got it from her mom or possibly from an auction. And it sat in the house collecting dust. And every once in a while, she or I would waddle over to it and try to make it work. I think I sewed tube dresses for my Barbies. And uh, I think, um, I can't even remember exactly what she she sewed. But uh, basically, there was no YouTube. You know what I mean? There was nobody to ask. Nobody knew how to work this thing. And it was very hard. And you had to like use your foot or you had to push the wheel with your hand. And uh, sometimes we would just sew a hem. I think that's probably what we did. Quick and easy fixes. So that was it. That was my entire uh, experience until I went into home economics in grade 7 or 8. Where I had the disastrous experience of being faced with the sewing machine yet again. Now this one had more bells and whistles. 
And for some reason, I felt like all the other girls knew how to work this thing except for me. For some reason, it had evaded me. And there I was, faced with it. And we were told to pick a project. And I thought, okay, let me let me do something very basic and very simple. I should have went for the pillow. I don't know what I was thinking. Pillow was the way to go. It was the obvious win, the easy win. No, no, no. I had to pick the apron. Yes. And I didn't know you have to gather or ruche your apron. But uh, apparently my pattern had that. And that was a little bit beyond me. And let's just say sewing straight was beyond me. And let's say my apron didn't look much like an apron when I was done. And then I did a follow-up act with gauchos. Gosh, does anybody wear gauchos anymore? Um, Those short flare pants that, oh my God, (laughs) that look good on no one. Um, I attempted to sew gauchos. And uh, let me say that was pretty much the end of my sewing career. Um, don't remember the grade, probably wiggled out of there with probably a B or a C, I would imagine. (laughs) I have no idea. But yet again, there I was embarking on the junk journal journey, as many as as, of you are. And gall darn it, dag nabbit, those YouTube junk journal makers, they keep whipping out that darn sewing machine. And they keep showing us the magic that they can do. And they have those pretty, those such a pretty little uh, design with their threads, all the different types of stitching that they can do. And oh, it just looks so magical. Maybe, just maybe it might be possible, right? Maybe there's hope. I mean, it's a tool. It's just a tool. It's like a hammer. It's like scissors. It's just a tool to do something. And Tons of people do this all over the world. It has to be able to be done. I, I don't know why I was so afraid of it. I, I, I don't know why I thought it was for other people and it couldn't be for me. I don't know why I thought it made me feel more, I don't know. I don't know, like not a modern woman, but maybe more of a, a homey woman. <laughs> and I don't know if I was okay with that at the time. Now I love it. <laughs> um, so anyway, I decided, gall darn it, dag nabbit, I said to myself, they all look like they're having fun. I want to have fun too. So I literally bought the cheapest sewing machine I could find. And I think it was a $50, maybe $79. I can't remember. It was like really cheap. Uh, Jerome. And it was kind of flimsy. Um, and not, I would say it wasn't user friendly. So I started to learn, maybe I needed something a little more hearty, a little more sturdy. I mean, this thing looked like it was going to fall apart in two seconds. And, um, I didn't, I I think I sent it back. I I really wasn't happy with it. I just thought there's more out there. So I started looking around and I watched some more videos and I saw all these people using these fancy machines and I thought, wow, those look really cool. How much are they? Well, I almost fell off the chair when I saw how much those were. And I thought, no, 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 no. I I, I don't want to sew wedding dresses for goodness goodness sake. I just want to sew paper. I just want to put pretty stitching on paper. I just want to have my little edges uh, easily attached to each other so I don't have to be chasing every little 
peely uppy edge with glue. I mean, wouldn't that be fun? I could use different color threads and um, zigzag and straight stitch and all those other pretty little stitches. Uh, I can do leaves and things like that. Maybe I could freeform. Well, I tried that, that didn't go very well. But uh, hey, I can zigzag and that's pretty darn amazing. So I waddled over to Walmart and I got myself, I, I decided I'm not going for bottom of the bucket. I'm not going for super high grade. I'm going for mid grade. And so I picked out some middle model. Um, I think mine is a Project Runway limited. I don't know why it's a limited edition. Limited edition. And I, I, I want to say it was somewhere between one and 200. Now, of course, just after that, I came home, I, I got it all set up, then I watched my videos, and I finally figured out how, t- I, actually, I brought, I bought pre-threaded bobbins for quite a while, until I finally figured out how to do the bobbin thing, and then one day I sat down, and I just did a mother load of bobbins, I'm like, I'm gonna fill up every one of you little empty bobbins, so I am ready to go, and uh, did you know that most bobbins will hold an entire spool of thread. Isn't that interesting? Because a spool of thread is so big, but a little bobbin is so small. And I always thought, why why don't they match? Because you always have to keep changing otherwise in the middle and you always end up running out and there you are, um, bobbinless, you know, and uh, your thread is out on the bottom. But yeah, they're actually, uh, I, I don't know, I guess an average spool will have about an average bobbin's amount of thread on it. Very cool. I didn't know that. And um, So, yep, there I was embracing the machine. And that's when my world started to change. Then I started to see, wow, you can do a lot of things with this. You can actually sew pieces of paper together and make Franken paper. And um, you can sew booklets. You can sew the signatures of little booklets in. It's kind of hard to do with big journals, but you can easily do it with smaller journals or or journals that have soft covers because you can get them to fit inside the, the sewing machine. And, uh, but it's just so much fun. Oh, and then I learned not long after I had invested my money that you could actually buy old sewing machines that are apparently in functional order from the Goodwill. And I went down to my Goodwill. I just happened to be shopping around there one day looking for craft supplies. And I saw they had a whole row of sewing machines. And I thought to my first thing I thought to myself is, well, they don't work. I'm sure they don't work. And uh, so I asked the guy, you know, the guy, and I said, hey, um, these sewing machines, do they work? And he goes, oh yeah, we, we test them all and make sure that they work um, before we put them out here. And I said, really? And um, so I'm looking at the price tags, $20. They were all $20 a pop. Now, um, they may have been older machines and this and that, but um, uh, often perfectly fine. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not sewing wedding dresses. I was just sewing paper and I was bent and determined on practicing and learning how to do this. And uh, I still don't know anything about thread tension. I did learn about stitch length though. It is very advantageous to know that the farther apart you place your stitches, which is stitch length, the better it is on paper. Because when you perforate paper too many times, it can come apart uh, just because of the nature of the fibers and the paper is thin. But I have to admit, I often forget to adjust the length and I sew it regular length and it's just fine. Yeah, there's really no problem. Um, 
Well, I, you know, unless the paper is really crispy, let's say it's a baked paper, a coffee dyed paper that's been baked, or a very, very old, fragile paper uh, from an old book or something like that. If it's a regular paper or a regular book paper or something like that, it's going to be just fine. Yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten. And you know what? If that tenth time it's not okay, it's only paper. You just go grab another sheet and you carry on. Um, that's the thing about making junk journals. There's a lot of experimentation and it's very, very important to embrace the moments when you feel compelled to do something. So if you feel even the slightest inkle, like a tiny little inkling um, to consider sewing, I'd say give it a go. And you know what? Let's say you don't have the money to buy a sewing machine. And I totally get that. And nobody around you has one. Nobody wants to lend you one. Nobody wants to let them let you use theirs. That's fine. There's hand sewing. That's right. I know it sounds primitive. I know. I hear it. I hear it. And I, 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 if you guys have struggled where I've struggled, just threading the needle is probably 90% of the reason why you never want to do hand sewing. But the actual act of hand sewing, once you're in the rhythm and in the groove, is quite pleasant. It's one of those zen motorcycle experiences again where you're just sort of cruising along it's almost like knitting once you get in the groove you're rolling along and everything's fine and i think it's a lot easier than knitting or needlepoint or embroidery or crochet or anything like that um just a basic simple slow stitch maybe a blanket stitch if you're feeling fancy on a day um but nothing too wild or crazy um you can even do um hand sewing zigzag why not uh, you could actually use different widths of, that's hard to say, different widths of needles. I don't know if it's a width, maybe it's eye openings or thicknesses of needles, maybe. Um, and you can sew, hand sew with thicker threads, maybe an embroidery thread or a crochet thread, and that can look really cool. So, so as we're talking about sewing, I hope this just opens up your world and opens up your mind. Um, if you haven't already wandered down that path, I know a lot of you have. And if you have a sewing machine tucked in the back of your closet somewhere, maybe you'll get that little itch, that little calling to dust it off, pull it out, go watch a YouTube video to see how on earth to thread the bobbin and thread the machine. And um, oh, one little tip that I ignored initially because I thought, you didn't really have to do this, but apparently every once in a while, you do need to open up your sewing machine and vacuum it out or um, dust it on the inside because when you sew, and this happens I think when you use fabric or paper, it, there's a lot of um, fuzzball buildup on the inside and eventually you'll find that things will jam and you'll be wondering what on earth is going on? You haven't done anything? You haven't done anything bizarre or weird to it? Well, yeah, open it up and just see because sometimes there's little like dust bunnies in there that just needs need to be removed. And if you can't vacuum them all out, sometimes you can go in there with a ball of scotch tape and just sort of wrap it around your hand and shove your hand in there and make sure the machine is off. And uh, it'll pick up lots of those dust bunnies. And you can use that compressed air in the can or um, they have these little brushes that you can use that probably come with the sewing machine. But if you don't have that, a, um, like a little wet Q-tip will pick up a lot of stuff. And uh, there's a lot of hullabaloo <clears throat> on the streets about sewing through glue. And I'm 
A point in case, perfect example of somebody who does not wait for her glue to dry before she runs over to her sewing machine and sews with it. And it makes perfect sense to wait for your glue to dry. Otherwise, you will gum up your needle and it will just cause problems. I've done it a million times. I've had very few problems, but it could happen. And I think I've probably had it happen where I'm like, I probably should have waited. I can just sort of feel it slunking through the paper or the fabric, whatever I'm, I'm, and it's kind of like slunking through the glue. I can feel it getting stuck to the needle. Um, but you can take acetone or rubbing alcohol and clean your needle off. Be careful not to poke yourself. Uh, and that will remove the glue, especially if it's a Fabrifix or something like that, a solvent like that will remove it. But if it's white glue, then uh, probably a baby wipe will wipe that off of your needle just fine as it's water soluble. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot to explore out there. There's a lot of adventure to be had if you've never wandered down or dabbled into the world of sewing on paper. Um, it's not nearly as hard, I swear to you. It's not nearly as hard or nearly as scary as you think. And there's probably somebody in your sphere, if you get stuck, you could say, hey, listen, you know, uh, would you mind just showing me, like, I'm, I'm stuck on this one little thing. If I could just get past it, I know I could I could be off and running in the sewing department. And I would say, um, bug those people, and uh, they'll probably be happy to show you because it is kind of like a time-honored thing. You want to pass the baton and let somebody else know that, hey, you might find fun here too. And uh, if you always thought you were one of those people that was never meant to sew, I want to open up that possibility for you that... Maybe that's just not true. Maybe that's just a bill of goods you sold yourself one day and it's time to let that bill of goods go. Just let it go into the wind and just see what happens. A a sewing machine does not define you. It does not, you know, make you into anything that you're not. It's just a tool. It's a tool just like your scissors and just like your crocodile and just like your bone folder. Um, They're all just a tool in your arsenal so that you can have more fun, more fun per minute and per inch of paper on your junk journals because I want you out there having as much fun as possible. So I hope you are having lots of fun and remember to sign up for the monthly emailed newsletter if you haven't already. All the links are down below my videos. You can also find links to my Amazon shop as well as my Etsy shop. Uh, my Amazon shop, I put in there my favorite tools and supplies. And my Etsy shop, I have vintage digital kits along with uh, surprise journals and gift bundles. And you just never know what's going to pop up in there. So uh, wander on over and take a peek occasionally because sometimes things just pop up by surprise. And uh, sometimes I make announcements about them, but sometimes I just pop them in there to see what happens. And uh, um, what else? Sunshine is doing fine, my new puppy. And uh, Hollywood is A-OK. He's happy as a clam over uh, hanging out with his lovebirds. I put them closer together now, so they're in the same, they're together in the kitchen, uh, like the little dinette area, and they both can see out the window and talk to each other and talk to us. Yes, they love to talk to us. And um, Sunshine is napping on the rug right now, right here. My little Maltese pup. And, oh, he had a bath today. He was so cute. Um, They're like disappear when they're wet. They're just gone. And uh, so all is well here at the Paper Outpost. I am wishing you all well. Uh, Big hugs to all. I'm hoping, you know, you're all healthy and strong and enjoying life. 
and uh, don't let anything get you down. You just, you just keep going and keep searching for more fun because it's out there and it's to be had. It's to be had by you. You deserve it. And uh, I'll see you next time at the Paper Outpost. Take care, everyone. Happy crafting. Bye-bye.